want to begin by turning to our uh, seasonal verse, which is found in Luke chapter 1. And it's a phrase found at the end of verse 17. Here a prophetic statement is made about John the Baptist. He was called to prepare the way of the Lord. And part of this preparation was preparing a people for the coming of the Lord. And so it says, it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now we want to follow that up with a verse from Acts chapter 3. And verse 19. May come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you. So and then let's go back to the beginning of the Gospel of Mark for a few verses. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Mark then let's turn to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. And then finally, let's turn to the very end of the Bible, to chapter 22 of Revelation. And we see in verse 10 of this chapter a final message. After all of that is revealed in, the, in this book, the angel says to John, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. 
Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. Let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. 唯一的叫他仍旧不义，污秽的叫他仍旧污秽，唯一的叫他仍旧唯义，圣洁的叫他仍旧圣洁。Behold, I am coming quickly. 看哪，我必快来。And my reward is with me. 赏罚在我。We are in a season where we're sharing together on this matter of the Lord having a people prepared for His coming. 我们在这段时间所分享的题目就是。主要预备和他合适他回来的百姓。Now this is a very important topic.这是一个非常重要的题目。And we want to fellowship together about this matter in these days.我们想在这段日间就在这些这个交通关于这个题目。We cannot preach to one another.我们不能够彼此好像讲道一样。As if we were prepared and you are not prepared.好像是我们已经预备好了，你还没有预备好那样。because nobody is prepared, but hopefully all of us are preparing. And so we fellowship with one another on this intimate topic. As we come down toward the last days, there will be only one thing that will keep us. Our love for our Lord. A first love for the Lord Jesus. And as the time draws on, as the writer, as, as uh, the angel says in Revelation, the time is so near for Jesus' return that it is almost too late. To, to change your disciplines. If you're a crook, you're going to be a crook to the end. If you're filthy, you'll remain filthy. But if you're righteous, keep righteous. If you're holy, keep holy. I am coming quickly. So you see, we're at such a point now where it isn't like we have time to decide which pathway we want to take. We need to find ourselves hid in Christ. Looking up to our Heavenly Master. Being prepared for His coming. The King of Glory will come soon. We see in the scriptures that Jesus, in his death, resurrection, and ascension to the throne, has done everything necessary for us to be perfected as sons into glory. There is no provision lacking for this fulfillment in our lives. All grace has been made available. We've been born again of the Spirit. We're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The work of the cross is transforming us from glory to glory. We have good works that we obey and do. 
All of these things and more come from our Master's hand. His grace is sufficient. And those of us who realize how much the Lord has provided and take hold of it will be prepared when He comes. But when we look in the scriptures, we have to face the reality. The Lord is waiting for something. Why is He waiting to come back? Now we can't speak about all of the global things that still have to be happen regarding Israel and the nations and the rise of Babylon. But we receive the impression when we read the scriptures that the Lord is waiting for His bride to be prepared. The truth is, it's not the devil who's holding back the Lord's return. It's not the world that can hold back the Lord's return. But it is the unpreparedness of his own children that would cause him to wait. Now I am a father. I rejoice in this day. Especially I have a wife. And for 50 years I have a wife. But I didn't wait around too long for my wife to get married. But our Lord Jesus must wait and wait for his bride. You know, the groom's already ready. He has his tuxedo, he has his ring, he's ready. But oh, the bride has so much to do. There's the manicure, there's the hair, the makeup expert, the preparing of a dress. So even last uh, Saturday, I performed the wedding and the bride was late. It's at the very end of Revelation that the angels in heaven say, Hallelujah, the bride has finally made herself ready. Now the angels will help us pick out our dress. But the bride must make herself ready. And this is what we're talking about, a people prepared for the Lord. <coughs> when we read about the preparation, we come upon this astounding matter that we talked about last week. The Lord Jesus comes to his people, but his people are asleep. If you'll just notice in Revelation chapter 3, here's a church in Sardis at the end of the first century. And the angel of the church in Sardis has to say this. Verse 2. Wake up! 
The church of Sardis has fallen asleep. And what that means is, of course, they're, they're busy. You can see that they're doing things. But when they do something, they don't complete it. Have you ever known somebody with sleep apnea? These are people who, while they're sleeping, stop breathing, and then they wake up with a loud snore. Because they lack sleep, they start doing something and fall asleep all the time. Now, Sardis has sleep apnea. And the, the Spirit is trying to wake up this church. And so it is when the Lord comes to His people on earth today. Many of God's people are just asleep. And that means asleep to spiritual things. Now they're saved. But even though they're saved, they're not laying hold of God's grace to be perfected. Now when the church falls asleep, unfortunately, especially in the last days, then a second attitude creeps into the church. And we mentioned this last time we spoke. You know, in Second Peter chapter three, Peter is talking about the coming of our Lord. But he opens up the chapter talking about mockers. Now his burden is not for the world and their mockery about Jesus coming, but his burden is for believers. And here is the attitude of unbelief among believers. Where is the Lord and His second coming? For hundreds of years, everything's remained just as it is. Now, when Christians become pragmatic, and they lose this glorious hope of the Lord's return. They end up standing uh, against the Word of God and the will of God. And Peter reminds us the Lord is being very patient with us, doesn't want any of us to perish. But if we have this attitude, oh, the Lord's not coming back soon, I've got plenty of time to become spiritual. This is the attitude that Jesus spoke about when he said, when I come back, I will say, you are a wicked servant. And so in these last days, the Lord Himself exhorted us in parables. In Matthew chapter 24 and 25, you remember at least three parables on this crucial issue. 
We must be servants who are faithfully serving. This is how we watch and pray. We must be those who daily in our life are taking the talents we have and using them for the kingdom of God, not, not burying them in the ground. We must be like the wise virgins who are always looking to buy more oil of the Holy Spirit in their lives in reserve. So Jesus warns us with these parables. Now last time I began to speak on three characteristics of a generation of people who are prepared for the Lord's coming. Now the first characteristic I mentioned last time is that, is that God's prepared people are a prophetic people. You know, the Bible says at the end, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If we're to bear the testimony of Jesus in a living way among us, then the word of God's very important as our foundation. But also a prophetic vision is important to us. And by prophetic I mean we should be able to see in our hearts what times we're living in. And we should, when we read the prophecies of the end times, believe them in our hearts and make them become our blessed hope. So we see that the Lord is comes to us by His Word to awaken us to His prophetic words. Our theme passage from Luke chapter 1 is a, is a perfect example of how God gives us grace in this matter. What is Luke chapter 1 referring to? When the Gospels opened, in this time of period, the Jews were asleep. Now the Jews were very religious. They were very busy. They went to feasts. They offered sacrifices. They went to the temple. They met in synagogues. They read the word. But they were completely unprepared for the coming of the Lord. They were asleep. Until John the Baptist came. And what does it say of John? He was, he was the voice of God. Speaking to a sleepy people, saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, thank God, some of those people of the Jews, they woke up. They woke up, they realized, oh, We're not ready for the Messiah. John says, You must get ready. 
Because the Messiah is coming, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. He's coming right around the corner. You must repent. He baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Your heart must be ready. Now you see, many in Israel did not see the coming of the Messiah. Because he came. How much longer after John the Baptist preached did Jesus come? Probably within a year. John preached to prepare everybody? And when Jesus came, there was only a small group. They'd been prepared by the baptism of repentance. And when Jesus came, John was prepared. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. And some disciples began to follow Jesus. And as they followed him, suddenly their eyes were opened to the fact that he was more than a teacher, he was the Messiah. So we see the first ingredient of a prophetic people is they have a revelation of Jesus as he really is. The multitudes saw Jesus perhaps as a rabbi, as a healer, as a provider of miraculous bread. But what Jesus was looking for were disciples who could see that he was the Messiah. This revelation is necessary in our lives. Now today we are talking about the second characteristic of a people prepared for the Lord. And as I mentioned last time, the second characteristic is such people have a heart of repentance. They have a heart of repentance. Now, I'm sure you notice that the scriptures I read, they often mention this matter of repentance. Now, why, how do we have a heart of repentance? It's like doubting Thomas. You remember him? He said, I, I just can't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead. Even though all the disciples say, He rose, He rose, we saw Him. Uh, I think Thomas was probably Chinese. Oh, I cannot believe I'm too logical. But then, Jesus stood in their midst and said, Here, touch my hand, touch my side, it's me. Now that's the first part we talked about last time. See, Thomas woke up. What do you think? He saw Jesus resurrected, Lord Jesus. And what did he do? He repented. You see? 
When you see the Lord as He really is, you will repent. And he fell down. He says, "My Lord and my God," he said. Because now Thomas saw and he believed. But the Lord says, "Blessed are those who not seeing still believe." Now, do you believe the Lord's the Messiah? Have you seen in the Revelation that He is the Messiah? That He is Lord, He is God? Now, I believe in the Trinity. But it's awfully hard to explain the Trinity to somebody. Especially that Jesus is God. But when you remember when your eyes were opened and you saw that Jesus was God, oh, then when I saw that, I realized I had to repent. For many reasons. But now that I saw he was my God, now I fall down. When you see somebody as God, you, you don't keep bothering them, asking them questions. Well, what about this? How come you didn't do that? So if we're to be prepared for the coming of the Lord, there needs to be a heart of repentance. You know, the Lord is doing such tremendous things today. Now, we should repent because we don't see it. The Lord has been so merciful to you and to I. And we don't even see it. We should repent. Now, in order for us to be grounded in the Word of God, I want to talk about repentance as a topic in itself and then relate it to this matter of being a prepared sermon. Now, could we just turn to some scriptures that talk about repentance? And the first one I would like is from Ezekiel, chapter 18. God is talking through Ezekiel. And the last verse of the chapter, verse 32. Well, I think I, I must read from verse 31. Cast away from you all your transgressions which you have committed. Make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in death of anyone who dies, declares the Lord God. Therefore, repent and live. Now, in the original languages, the word repentance has two different uh, uh, meanings. 
In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word for repent is shuv, which means to turn. And the idea is, I was walking in this direction toward death, but I turned and came back to life. So we see there in verse 32, I have no pleasure in death of anyone who dies, declared the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. You see, because we're sinners, we were dead in our spirit. And we were moving toward death in body and soul. But then we repented. And so we see that turning is so important to coming into life. Repentance brings life. So now the New Testament word is a little more inward. It literally means to change your mind. I, in my mind, was walking this way. But I repented. I changed my mind. And I believed in the Lord Jesus. And I got saved. Repentance. It's a turning. It's a change of mind. Now let's notice two other dynamics of this connection between repentance and life. At the very end of the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 24, Jesus speaks to his disciples. Verse 46. And Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And there it says, repentance is for the forgiveness of sins. Now the Lord died on the cross to forgive our sins. But it is when we repent of our sins that we receive his forgiveness. And so Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And he said to everyone, repent, that your sins might be forgiven. This is a very important principle. Sin always brings deadness into our lives. But when we repent, there is life. So once again, we see in the book of Acts, as Peter is preaching in chapter 3, uh, sorry, uh, we want Acts 11 first. 
You know, Peter went down and spoke at the house of Cornelius, and the Gentiles got saved. 就是彼呃彼得到了哥尼流家里讲到那个呃外邦人得救。And Peter had to bring back his report to Jerusalem about this experience. 彼得就要把这一次经历带到耶路撒冷报告给众信徒。And in verse 18 of Acts 11， 在使徒行传十一章十八节。Now when the Jewish brothers in Jerusalem heard Peter's testimony。当这些犹太的弟兄兄弟们，他们听到了彼得的见证。When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, "Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also repentance that leads to life." 十八节，众人听见这话就不言语了，只归荣耀与神，说：“这样看来，神也赐恩给外邦人，叫他们悔改得生命了。” Some people hear the gospel and they believe in Jesus. 有些人听到福音，他们就相信了耶稣。But something seems to be standing in the way. 但有些事情好像在拦阻在路上。For me, when I heard the gospel, it was pride. 当我听到福音的时候，那个就是骄傲。Now pride prevents us from repenting. 骄傲阻止我们能够悔改。To to repent is to admit that you're wrong. 骄傲阻止我们能够承认我们错了。Now it's hard for a proud sinner to admit they're wrong. 嗯，那些骄傲的人，他们怎么能够承认他们是错的 ？But for me. When I confessed my sin, 当我呃承认我的罪 ，and when I admitted I was wrong， 当我承认我是错的 ，and that Jesus was my savior， 耶稣是我的救主 ，immediately I came to life， 马上立刻我就得到了生命。Repentance brings forgiveness and leads to life。悔改带来赦免，然后带来生命。Even more， 不但如此 ，repentance opens the door of faith。So that we can believe unto life. 悔改也打开了信心的门，这样我们能够可以相信进到生命当中。If you'll remember, at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus said, 你记得在马可福音开始，耶稣讲 ，The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. 说时间到了，天国将近。Then what did he say? 然后他讲什么呢 ？Repent and believe the gospel. 就是悔改，相信这福音。So you see, there's a relationship between repenting and believing. 大家看到，在悔改和相信当中是有一个关系的。Now it's a, it's a, which came first, the chicken or the egg? 是哪一个最先来的呢？是先有鸡还是先有蛋呢 ？Now is it repentance that brings about faith? 是因为悔改带来信心吗 ？Or is it faith that brings about repentance? 还是信心带来悔改呢 ？Well, you decide. 你来决定。But repentance and faith go together like a, a good、uh, omelet. 所以那个悔改和信心，它就在一起，就好像那个煎蛋一样。When we repent， 当我们悔改的时候 ，we believe， 我们就相信 ，and we experience eternal life， 我们就经历永生。But repentance is also valuable in the Christian's life after we're saved。但是悔改对我们基督徒即使得救之后仍然有很有价值。Now how is the Holy Spirit going to get us to go down the road of sanctification？ 怎样圣灵让我们呃走在这个成圣的道路 ？The Holy Spirit has come. 圣灵已经来了。Do you remember what it says in John 16? 大家记得约翰福音十六章所讲的吗 ？I have come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. 他来了是要让世世人为义为罪的一审判自己。Now the Holy Spirit comes to convict. 圣灵来到这里让人能够被劝说被呃被审判。To convict us of sin. To cause us to inwardly feel something. 让我们里面有些感觉。Thank God, the Spirit touches us, and we know something is wrong. 
Paul describes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 about how this feeling within causes us to repent. In 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 and 10 He's talking to Christians now. Christians need to repent. He says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance. Now we are very stubborn. Sometimes we persist in our sin. Sometimes we say, no, we haven't really sinned when we have sinned. But the Holy Spirit is like a worm that gets into our stomach. We feel sorrow. Something's wrong. We try this, we try that. Special Chinese herbs doesn't work. Until we admit, and we repent, God forgives us by His precious blood, and we experience life. So the Holy Spirit is always in our lives, and He has to weave a web, as we read in the hymn, weave a web of blessings and judgments to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. Now then sometimes we, we get a wrong thought. Now probably although this assembly here is perfect. You know that sometimes brothers disagree. Now thank God sisters always agree. But brothers sometimes disagree. Because brothers think they're so smart. Now in Second Timothy, we see a verse about repentance. About how Timothy should handle brothers who are strong-minded. He says in verse 24, now the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness correcting those in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Now here Timothy is talking about some brothers holding some wrong doctrine. 
wrong doctrine produces a bondage. But people who have, have, have gone from the truth, we have to be gentle and uh, insistent with them because maybe by repentance they'll come and see the truth. When we repent, then we come back into a blessed life. So just one more scripture in this uh, small Bible study on repentance. Now we come to Acts 319. Now here Peter is preaching to the multitudes in Jerusalem. We read this verse at the beginning, verse 19, Acts chapter 3. Now, therefore, repent and return. Now, notice Peter's using both the Old Testament and New Testament word. Change your mind and turn around. So that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you. Now, by the grace of God, brothers and sisters, it's our privilege to live in the blessed presence of the Lord. It's so wonderful to live in the presence of the Lord. Remember what Paul says your life is hid with Christ in God. By his grace, we're in his presence. But sin can take us out of that presence. We lose that refreshing of his presence. We become tired and anxious and weary. And we find often that the problem is some sin. We're doing something wrong. But when we repent and turn back to the Lord, we experience again seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. This should be the Christian's normal life. So, basically what we're saying is this. As Christians, as we go along, we have an indicator in our life is something is out of God's will. When we sense that our marriage is getting trouble, our spiritual life is going dry, the word isn't living, our worship is not fulfilling. When our circumstances seem to multiply with difficulties. Now at such a time, brothers and sisters, it's not a time to be proud. What does Peter say when we come into such circumstances? Many problems coming my way. What, what should we do? 
You remember Peter's exhortation? Humble yourself into the mighty hand of God. And he will lift you up in due time. When things are going wrong, and you've tried to work them out, but there's something deeper there, fall into the hand of God. This is an act of repentance. Lord, I don't know what's wrong. I want to check my heart. Am I out of your will? Have I done something that's wrong? Is my attitude not pleasing? And the Lord will teach you. If you humble yourself, He gives grace to the humble. But He resists the proud. So the attitude of our Christian life should be always an attitude of willingness to repent. But now, what does this have to do with the people prepared for the Lord? Now, I'm sure you can see the connection of what we have previously mentioned. Those servants who were prepared for the Lord's coming keep themselves cleansed from sin. They do not allow the, the world to engulf them. But they continue on in Christ Jesus. Now, when our Lord came to earth, and when John the Baptist and Jesus began to preach, now you know that at the beginning of all of their messages was this repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, there's something more here than just the matter of sin that needs repenting of. Now, it's true, we always need to repent from our sins. And none of us is sinless. So there's always something that the Lord is trying to bring us in to His fuller life. Everybody in this room no matter if you're a new Christian or old Christian. But the Lord is dealing with you in some area. He wants you to be more Christ-like. And so this way of repentance is our way. But repentance has specific reference as well to the coming of the kingdom of God. And our preparation has more to do than just not being, uh, not sinning. Now, if it were possible for us just to not sin, that still wouldn't make us prepared for the coming of the Lord. There has to be some preparation of love in us for our bridegroom. There has to be some obedience that the Lord has asked us to do that we have done. Because you see, the Lord is coming back for a bride. 
so it's just not an individual matter. Let's suppose somebody here was really following the Lord. But you know, they cannot just go their own Christian life. Because they're part of this bride. They have to care for all members of the bride. And much of our ministry is helping our brothers and sisters to be perfected and prepared for the Lord. Although our individual spiritual life is very important, now we also need to provoke one another to love and good works. We need to stir one another up. And not forsake the assembling together. And all the more so since the day of the Lord is drawing near. Now there's ministry one to another. In order that we might be prepared. You see, it wasn't enough that John the Baptist was prepared for Jesus' coming. John was raised up because the Lord wanted a prepared people. And so John was a faithful servant who prepared the people for the coming of the Lord. As we said before, you know, the, the Jews were not prepared for Jesus' coming. They were busy with many religious things, some of them. And the disciples were the same way. I suppose they thought they just needed some more teaching. Some more training. Offer some more sacrifices. And then they would be ready. But they didn't understand. That they needed to repent because they were completely unprepared. You know, brothers and sisters, a wonderful king is coming. He deserves the greatest honor. He deserves to come back on a highway prepared for him. Not just some dirt road that we bulldozed out. But a highway paved of gold. This is what our king deserves. And what he's looking for is not a road, but his children paved with gold. And as he comes closer, and is ready to come, but he looks, and things are so disorganized in the church. People are so independent. They're fighting. They don't have time for the Lord. You know, Christians today are very, very busy. 
Our brother Lucio shared with brothers and sisters in Manhattan last Sunday. And he says, you know, we have a wonderful time. We're together on Sunday, uh, praising the Lord. He says, but you know, then sometimes you could go out on Monday and go to work. And you feel like the world has completely taken over and there's no place for the kingdom of God. And in Christian lives, we say, let's spend some time seeking the Lord. Oh, 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 I don't have time. Oh, I got business. I got a trip. It's a family. So many busy busies. But the Lord waits. We're not ready. The Lord waits. How long will we make the Lord wait? This attitude of repentance is when we realize how unfit we are for the King's coming. Do you believe, I mean really believe, the Lord is coming. Now be honest in your heart. If that's just a doctrine you see, that won't do it. Did you read a prophecy about his coming one day? And it's just as if you saw the Lord is coming soon? 你有没有读到关于主耶将有一天要再来的预言的时候，你的心中真的被开启，你看见他就很快就要再来呢？ See, if you don't believe, then you won't change your actions, repent. 你看，如果你不是真实的相信，你就不会改变你的行为悔改。So then, let me ask a second question. 现在我让再问大家第二个问题。Do you really desire the coming of the Lord? 你的心里是何的？是渴慕主的再来吗？ Now I hear some Christians give an answer which grieves the heart of God. When you say, Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? They say, No, 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 I don't want him to come. I'm not ready. I gotta talk to my uh, uh, my family, get them saved. Their prayer is, Jesus, Jesus, don't come, don't come. How this grieves the Lord's heart. Do you love anybody more than Jesus? Maybe he hasn't become your best friend yet. We do love our family and friends. But there's someone more important even than your family and friends. On the scale of desire, how much do you desire his coming? Well, then all I need to do is ask the third question. Are you prepared? Now the ironic thing about a people prepared for the Lord is that they not only do not feel prepared, 
常常就是很反反讽的一个事情，就是说他们预备主，但他们感觉他们没有预备好。And I'm sure everybody here feels that. 我相信我们在座每一位都有这个感觉。But those who are being prepared for the Lord go a step beyond just feeling I'm not prepared. They repent. 但是那些被主所预备好了，他就更进一步，他感觉到他没有预备好，但是他悔改。Deep in their heart, They're so grieved that the Lord may be waiting just for you. You know how sometimes evangelists say, "If you were the only one on this earth and you sinned, Jesus would have come and died for you." Have you ever heard that? It's often said. How about this? What if all the bride was ready for his coming, except you? Would he delay? Those who prepare for the Lord, it's not like you have to go around. You you can never smile. Not that you should go around sackcloth and ashes. 不是你穿着麻衣，戴着披麻蒙灰在那里。In the book of Joel, it says, 在约珥书 ，We need to tear our heart, not our garments. 撕裂我们的心，而不是我们的衣服。It's not the outside that needs to change. 不是外面需要改变。But something deep within. 而是在里面的深处的。A sense that I'm not ready. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. 一个感觉是主啊，我没有预备好，怜悯我。When we look at the Revelation. Chapter two and three. We see those seven churches, and our Lord Jesus is standing right in the midst. Now there's our Master, our King, the glorious one, and he's standing in the midst of the seven churches. Now here we see those who are being prepared as servants. And what what is the two characteristics? The first is, at the end of each of those seven churches, our Lord Jesus says, "Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying." Now you understand the tragedy there. That there are a number of people in the Ephesian church. Or the Sardis Church, who are hearing the words, but they're not hearing the words. In that, very bad thing. In that, in Ephesus, in Sardis, in Sardis, there are some people who heard, but they didn't hear. They didn't hear. They didn't hear. When we read those seven churches, I know there's a lot that has to do with prophetic interpretation regarding those churches. I know there's a lot that has to do with prophetic interpretation regarding Some see these seven churches as seven different spiritual states of the church. Ah, 有的人讲说这个七个不同教会是七个属灵的这个状况。Some see the seven churches as seven epics of history up to his coming. 有人讲是说三个呃历史教会历史时期在主再来之前。Now these teachings are valuable. 这些教导都非常有价值。But in the end, 但是在最后 ，if we read these seven churches， 如果我们读这个七个教会的时候。If we don't see the Lord standing in our church, then we haven't heard. 
Because the Lord is speaking to his bride. And he says one thing. In five out of the seven churches, he says, repent. You're not ready. You need to repent. It may be because you've left your first love. It may be because you're lukewarm. Maybe because you're asleep. It may be because you hold some teachings that are not from the Lord. It may be because you worship Jezebel. You need to repent. Now that was the Lord as John saw him standing in the middle of his church. So when you see the church Sardis, don't think of a geographical place. Think of somebody's home where the saints are gathered and Jesus comes in the midst. He says, you used to have a good reputation. You were a living church. But now you're dead. Awake. Repent. See, that's Jesus speaking to his church. And our Lord is so merciful. He comes around to his church. He wants to speak to us. But when he speaks, some people take notes. Some people hear, but they don't hear. Some people hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And those are the people, when they're told to repent, who will repent. A heart and an attitude of repentance will bring us into life. And in that life, it says, and as it says in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, when we come into the seasons of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, then our God can send Jesus back. Where are you? Are you joining this? You see, can I be honest with you? I don't know who's prepared and who's not. We don't know. Some people look good. Some people look lousy. But they, you can't tell. But can we say for everyone here, will you be preparing for the coming of the Lord? Do you have a desire to prepare? Do you want to just live carnally in this wild, out of control world? You can spend your life wasting it in the world. Or prepare your heart for the coming of the Lord. Only the Lord knows who hears what the Spirit is saying and who will repent. May the Lord help us. Let's just have a few prayers. Revelation 
in our personal lives every day, Lord, that's ever increasing, that's ever new.